0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Cabot Creamery. Proud to be a dairy, farm, family-owned cooperative for more than 100 years. Learn more at cabotcheese.coop. That's cabotcheese.coop.
2: Welcome to Candid Podcast, a podcast that you don't know that you're on, with your hosts Zara Tangora and Nicole. <laughs> uh, Nicole and I were chatting yesterday about different podcasts to start, and we decided that Candid Podcast would be funny, like Candid Camera, where you don't know that you're on. Um, but you are, so that's what we're changing this whole show to. <laughs> but you, to wouldn't, you wouldn't say welcome to it, then they that's, would know. True. We need to bring this back to the lab and kind of suss it out. Yeah, we need to workshop it. All right, this is still Life's a Banquet. What's happening, Nicole? Um, Nothing's happening. I haven't looked at a newspaper. Good I for haven't, you. I haven't turned on a TV. I don't have a TV. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I've been watching British romantic sitcoms that aired... Four years ago. <laughs> <And> <laughs> really living in a, in a nice bubble this week. <laughs> mm. What would you have done if I had told you six months ago that this would be your current life? And I'm not saying it's like the worst life or the best life. Just that this would be it. What would you, what would you have said to me? There's just no way to comprehend it. So I wouldn't have believed you. Sure. That's a fair answer. <laughs> You'd be like, you silly um, netball. I spent yesterday caulking up my apartment and now my whole body hurts because I guess I haven't used any muscles in <laughs> six weeks. I thought you said coughing up your apartment. I was like, dear Lord, get yourself to the hospital. You said caulking, Calking, didn't you? King, yes. Calking, like Calk- Macaulay Macaulay Culking, yes. Culking, like Macaulay Caulking. Macaulay caulking that's the brand that I use. Okay, great. <laughs> so to keep pests away, yeah, it's, or just, yes, basically. My apartment's super old and super not renovated, so there's basically cracks everywhere. So mm-hmm. I decided to take some caulk, caulk it up. It took forever, and my hand hurts because <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a caulking gun. Yeah, at least you didn't have a caulk block. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so <laughs> then yeah, my legs also hurt from squatting down in weird positions. Like I Ooh. woke up this morning as though I had done some sort of intense leg day workout, but I was just caulking. So well, <laughs> my muscles have obviously atrophied into bare leg day <laughs> <don't>, Like the, <laughs> just bending down for like two hours is enough to make them be like, We're overextended. that's amazing. You've liquefied. Um, it kind of reminds me of, I just finished listening to the 30 for 30 podcast about Bikram yoga.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and so I feel like maybe your takeaway from this whole quarantine situation is that you should start your own exercise routine and it's just based on your caulking. Yeah. <laughs> but you can say you learned it in India, but really it's just your caulking routine. I can start an empire that Bob Vila left for me to take. <laughs> Bob Vila. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but uh, coincidentally, Bob Vila was also a yoga champion. Was, is Bob Vila still alive? He died. He's dead. He had, like, some cancer or something, right? I don't know. That's terrible, though. But uh, maybe it was all the talk. <laughs> uh, wait, let's find out if Bob Vila still lives. Please. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure he's dead. I feel like I remember this happening during, like, the home improvement time. You might be thinking of Bob Ross. Also, was the character of Al on Home Improvement based on Bob Vila or Tim? I think Tim was kind of... Okay, you guys, everyone relax. is still alive. (laughs) That's terrible. Imagine being a celebrity. That's the worst part about being a celebrity. People have no idea if you're alive or dead. Yeah, but he's like a fake celebrity. He's like a home improvement celebrity. That's not a real thing. (laughs) If I saw him on the street, I would be starstruck. I get more starstruck by (laughs) mild celebrities than I do by, you know, very famous people. I was texting my friends about Bob Vila yesterday because they were like alarmed because I didn't text them back right away because I was calking <laughs> and <laughs> I was like oh I'm like Bob Vila and they if you try to look for Bob Vila on like Giphy he's not on there only Tim the Toolman man Taylor so oh. sorry Bob you didn't get make it, it get it together <laughs> internet <laughs> speaking of people who are not very famous but are huge tools um should we talk about this week's drama? <laughs> Food World drama? Sure. Did you like that segue? <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> Thanks, because I'm not afraid to talk shit about other women if I don't like them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I think they're a bad as they're person. If
2: they're white. If they're white and they're a bad person, it's okay. Yeah. Look at Ann Coulter, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. In your opinion. Jeanine Pirro. I mean,. I don't even know a, who that is. Judge Jeanine Pirro, she's like the Fox News correspondent who's like always drunk on martinis. And like, oh, oh my god, uh, Cecily Strong does an amazing, amazing impression of her. I'll send it to you later. It's very I don't even know who Cecily Strong is. She's on <laughs> she's on SNL. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> is Bob Vila on it? Yeah, it's a show starring Bob Vila. <laughs> Your best friend. A comedy <laughs> show starring Bob Vila. He plays all the characters. <laughs> oh, Bob okay. Villa is very handsome well he was he's in his 70s now yeah he's probably got some saggy balls again not afraid to throw shade at Bob Vila because I don't give a shit I'm okay, wow. <laughs> <Just> kidding <laughs>
0: um, I'm sure
2: he's probably had some me too moments that haven't come out yet <laughs> oh yeah absolutely 100% I'm sorry you don't throw your cock around like Bob Vila <laughs> he's drunk with home improvement power celebrity <laughs> you don't throw your cock around that was funny nobody can come out unscathed from the price of fame that's true it's a terrible price which we learned this week with the scandal that i would like to talk about one last time and then never again sure it's hurting my jaw to keep repeating the same thing yeah Um, and your jaw. so the Allison Roman scandal of this week um, <laughs> was oh, hilarious God. and sad because we have to <laughs> deal with people like that in our life and as you predicted, like life goes on as normal except now she's like a hero because she's so woke in like three days she went from being like really really rude and ignorant to being super 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 woke in three days and (laughs) she's all the better for it super 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 woke hella woke um yeah do you wanna can you i did not read her woke apology. so can you like give me some highlights so let's just tell uh, our one listener who might not be list- who might not know about this whole scandal. So Alison Roman was featured in an interview in like the New Consumer, and <laughs> which I get, I subscribe to that. I get it. You get a hard copy. <laughs> what is that even called? <laughs> uh, what is a paper p- copy of a magazine called? <laughs> let's, it's it's called the hardcover. cover. No. It's you know, not. Let's, like, start with the fact. There's so many problems with this whole entire situation from top to bottom. Beginning with the fact that, like, the fact that anyone thinks this is the first problematic thing that Alison Roman has done. And other than that, she's, like, a saint. If you didn't know, she was the one we were not so uh, secretly talking, open secretly talking about a couple weeks ago. As, uh, the you know, FBI's number one most wanted vapid human. <laughs> But (laughs) We were talking about her being tone deaf in her celebrity presentations of cooking from, like, being vacationing at home or whatever. Yeah, super great vacation, white lady vacation. So um, the whole thing was hilarious. I mean, not hilarious, but just hilarious in how bad it was. Um, And the thing that I initially was like, She's talking about what she says no to in the beginning. Like, I say no to everything. If you're going to call me and ask me to do this with you, no. If you want me to do that, no. Like, as though her career is this, like, hugely protected thing. Meanwhile, she's giving an interview to the new consumer. What the fuck is that? I don't know. I mean, this is not, like, Vogue magazine. It was just a very strange... Well, it's like if you are a millennial and you're young, you're like a new consumer instead of oh, being like right. an old consumer. So I actually, and it's illegal for me to receive the new consumer because I'm <laughs> technically I'm an old consumer. But You're a geriatric consumer. I slipped, the, slipped technically, through. Technically, according to science. I slipped through the, the bureaucratic cracks there and they sent me... <laughs> <laughs> hilarious and then goes on to talk about you know obviously we know Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo being uh quote in her words bitches uh, and sellouts for creating product lines that uh wait did she call them bitches yeah well like can't like sarcastically she talks about Marie Kondo she's like look at that bitch you know what I mean she like not like she was like you bitch it was whatever look at that bitch yeah it's context though it's just like as though Someone as though Alison Roman with all that she does, giving an interview to the new consumer is the anti-capitalist heroine we've all been asking for. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, there's too much shit out there. There's a lot of products. There's a lot of waste in the world. I don't need her to tell us that. And the fact that she pointed out folks names specifically, is was just, I don't know. The whole thing was very ridiculous. Um, But for me, the thing I thought was actually maybe even worse than the comments, the racist comments about Marie Kondo and Chrissy Teigen, was that there was a part of it where she goes on to talk about how she has no debt, she has no student loans, she's a perfect apartment. She like, but she really just wants to buy a house upstate because her floors in her apartment are so old. And it's like we're in the middle of a huge, like a depression. We're going into a depression. People in the industry that she profits off of are literally fucking starving like I don't know that part was actually maybe even more irritating for me and she does does stuff like that all the time yeah I think that it's just I don't know something about it so I've always been suspicious of Alison Nerman and her brand and all people like that um so this whole thing sort of actually I don't know. I didn't delight in it in the way that I thought that I would. I just kind of, it made me feel tired and it made me feel like I just don't give a shit either way, you know? Right. Like, it's fun for people to have this distraction because everything else is so horrifying and depressing and I think it was a fun distraction. I think that Within a small microcosm of the world that we live in, <laughs> yeah. um, in this bubble of New York, like it was fun. She's very much kind of like a local celebrity, but not. She's not. She's more than that. Like she's she's national, but I think of her as a local celebrity. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like we have better things to think about and do. And Alice Allison Roman, even I, the thing is like someone like that who makes so much money off of, like, this particular... The other thing is, like, she's branded. She has a brand that she maintains, and, like, she has a persona that she, like, has created that is part of that brand. So, you know, her persona, her brand is sort of, like, this, like, whatever. But it's not just her, you know? Like, she's making money off of it. Um, And, like, it's just, like, I'm just tired of all that. Like, I'm just tired of all of that part of the world and you know, I'm ready to just carve it out of my life and then never have to think about it ever again. (laughs) Totally. And like I actually think like the most the thing that was like yes, it's like a funny you can like make funny jokes to your friends about it who feel the same way as you do, but like in earnest, like the thing that actually was like the significant, like real life takeaway that actually does matter to me is like as someone who like is part of the food world who like was, you know, owned a restaurant who really cares about this community a lot and about the people who work hard to actually really sustain it is that like it's troubling to me that this is the kind of content that we're given is that like and it's just i don't know like that this interview took place in the first place that like in, in the middle of a horrible financial crisis and global pandemic that the magazine like this is thinking that we should have an interview about Alison Roman's career trajectory. Like, it's just, that's actually the worst part, like, to me. And I hope that going forward, like, in all industry, but, like, particularly the one that I am involved in and is my career, that we can do a little bit better in terms of what we want. You know, like, what do we ask for? Like, what do we want to read about? I want to read about, like, what is happening to folks who have made their whole, like have work as career servers or are you know working as a server to get their way through school or like working as a right. line cook or whatever you haven't, like, I mean but like that's the thing like none of those publications have ever talked to those people you know what I mean yeah. like it, it has always been a classist sort of thing you know yeah. like the people of a certain class the, the, you know like the person who is the server or whatever isn't going to be interviewed on the cover of Cherry Bomb you know like so that's true. it's just that's that's, that's why not how I'm the just, world works. That's true. I'm just like not, yeah, exactly. Like, this whole Alice in the thing is just like so a part of that. Like, that whole machine is itself, to me, kind of gross now and like icky. And yeah. so she's just like one piece. She's just like one piece of the spider web of the devil capitalist spider that's destroying <laughs> the world, Zara. <laughs> Well, it's funny. Also, I just want to be very transparent. I am, I'm late to the game and realizing what this person is all about. Like, I kind of just <laughs> thought she was like, a you know, like, oh, she's a person in food. And, like, I had wanted to get her to be on this show. I reached out to her several times to, like, try to come on Life's Banquet. And that was, like, a thing that was going to happen. Um, and, like, I am humiliated because I actually remember talking to Lillian and Kelly when they were on the show i mean, be like, yeah, I think we're going to, like, book Alice and Roman. And they're, like, gave me this weird look. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, I didn't get it, like, at that time. And now I think about that moment <laughs> so often and, like, feel really itchy and sweaty. But, you know, who knows? Anyway, I am kind of just, like, I'm learning, like we all are, um, about who, what monstrous people to look out for in the world. But, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's not even a monster. She's No, she's, she's fine. Like, calling her a monster is is taking attention away from the machine that created her that's very true she's probably not a monster i don't believe in cancel culture unless you commit like a really egregious offense or crime which this certainly isn't and like there are people who really enjoy her recipes and what she brings to the table so like fuck it i really don't care it's just like <coughs> the the vapidity of it all one more thing i just want to mention is that like the another reason that i felt it was like frustrating was that like this is very this situation that we're currently in is very much a vacation for some people and a complete trauma and upheaval for other people and a lot of folks fall kind of in the middle on that scale. And if it is a vacation for you and you're fortunate in that way, like I don't wish your situation to be different, I just think it especially if you have a public platform deserves a bit of sensitivity. Because it's a very sensitive time, and some people are really losing everything, or they're just terrified, or they're dying, or like it's very weird, you know. So yeah, but I mean, you're asking someone whose entire like existence is exists in a level of tone deafness to all of a right. sudden be able to hear. It's like, just like it's right. not, it doesn't make any sense. It's like asking her or asking anyone in that situation, like anyone in that whole machine, to like. Get their heads out of the sand. It doesn't make any sense. Like, right? Because why would they? Right? Know? And yeah, and we need entertainment, and not everyone has to be an activist, and not everyone has to be serious all the time. And there's totally room for fun, and like irreverence, and like not talking about coronavirus and poverty. And I don't know. There's just something about that that seemed so unnecessary, like and I mean, and. I don't know. Well, I mean, She yeah. got punished on the internet. So that's the worst that can happen to someone like her. <laughs> right. But then apologized with a PR firm written apology. So then yeah. now we're all talking about what an awesome apologizer she is. And it just well, seems I like. Well, I mean, those people were always going to forgive her, man. This was never going to change anything. Right. And, was just and like that's a why it made me depressed. Because I was right. like, going after Allison Roman changes nothing. And that's true. I just don't fucking care (laughs) yeah and then there's just like a bunch of white people with their like white hand clapping emojis being like great job we we are so proud of you and it's like how about you just write a simple apology like hey I realized that I acted really foolishly I'm really embarrassed and I'm ignorant and I'm gonna take a beat to like go think about my life and like let the conversation carry on without you for a minute it's just something about having to be immediately absolved it doesn't really like have any kind of like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. It really actually doesn't matter. It's just like, yeah, I mean, it's not like has. if she took a beat, she would actually learn anything from this. There's right. not, there are no consequences. like what, there's no reason for Alison Roman to learn anything from this. I will say in my own life though, that like, I have come to different levels of awareness like with time and that like, I didn't just, you know, I grew up with quote, very liberal parents and like what I thought was an open mind and over the past decade of my life, I have totally like been made aware and come to awareness about different social issues and racial issues that like, you know, I wasn't necessarily sensitive enough to. Um, And I don't think that people just can't evolve their ideals and their, their philosophies and their levels of quote wokeness. You know, I think that that's possible for folks. I, I know, but it's just so tiring. Right? I just get so tired thinking about yeah. it. Really now I understand why people work in dive bars because that's really the only type of person that I can in the future picture myself being around. <laughs> <laughs> like going going back to my old job where I have to be around privileged, very privileged, clueless people who probably love Allison Roman and whatever, it just seems so disconnected from my the current reality. But Totally, I know I guess it's I'll be it because working at a dive bar also has bad hours, so <laughs> that's true, yeah, and you're gonna have to pick back up your meth habit, so like who knows yeah, you really I want mean, to do that There's plenty of dive bars in New York where there's no meth involved really? show me one, um well, they're all closed. <laughs> Well, I mean, get... they're all closed because of the economy, not because of coronavirus. Right, 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 right of course. Um, should we get into our topic today, which is like a pretty natural segue? Yes. Let's talk about carnival foods. <laughs> because this whole thing is a freaking house of horrors. <laughs> <laughs> so, this topic came to me as in a dream. Uh huh. Um,. But I also realized that I kind of I have a lot of knowledge about carnivals, or like a lot of like random trivial knowledge about carnivals and carnival food. Do you feel like it's being from Indiana, like I'm in the Midwest, but like it's more of a carnival rich area? No, I mean we had we had like a, a cow, or like a we had a town carnival that would come the fall festival we called it, hmm. um, and we had the state fair, but um, that's what every town has. I'm assuming. I don't know if there was, like, a. I mean, we ha- we definitely had carnivals, but I'm, I don't know if, like, the culture of it is different, the importance of it is different. State to state. I don't think so. I feel like Long Island is very similar to Indiana in terms of, like, the stuff that you experience in the in the, the middle class part of Long Island. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I know that there are some regional differences. For example, we don't have, in Indiana, we didn't have funnel cake. We had elephant ears. Ooh! which are the same, I'm pretty sure it's the exact same dough, but it's just one big piece with cinnamon and sugar instead of powdered sugar. Oh, that's crazy. It's good. I like it better than a funnel cake. Um, But anyway, so I just wanted to start off this with a little bit of carny lingo. So basically people who work in carnivals, um, carnies, the Mm, people. mm -hmm. That as a child, I was frightened of because they were missing teeth, and (laughs) they would often be operating the rides that we would go on. The carnival from my hometown, we had, I mean, we had everything pretty much the same as most little carnivals, but we had the scrambler, which is a thing where, like, it's on a, you, you sit in a seat, you can fit, like, three people across in a seat, and it, like, it kind of, like, looks like a spider arm, it just, like, shoots you as fast as possible, like, all around. So basically right. the person sitting on the inside gets completely squashed because oh. of the gravity. <laughs> Ooh. Um and then there's also there was this thing that was like called the Gravitron and oh, yeah. it mm-hmm. would like <laughs> it would play I like heavy metal does. music. It would just like play November rain. Yeah. And then the bottom would fall out and you would be stuck to the sides mm-hmm. from pure gravity, which um then if someone were to throw up on that ride that's yeah, so would. It would just be like in Problem Child, or I think Problem Child 2, maybe. Does that happen? Um, that happened yeah. when I was on the ride one time. Um, and then there's this spider, which is another favorite of mine, which is like basically a, a ride that you kind of sit in the seats and it goes high up in the air but also spins around really fast. And I remember Can one time. Did you say spider first? No, that's a scrambler. Oh, yes, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, spider. Pay attention. <laughs> I just have a a really great memory of my dad taking my little sister and I on the spider and then getting off of the spider and immediately walking over to a trash can, very calm and casual and just puking right in it (laughs) that's hilarious to be honest I feel like doing that just thinking about it I'm not even exaggerating Like carnival rides make me so sick that like the very thought of them are making me sick with like oh a i love oil. them i would ride a scrambler right now i used to always make my sister get in the squished seat part and she would just always do it sounds like <laughs> it. sounds about right <laughs> um but okay so carnies have their own language called carny or siazarn i'm probably pronouncing that wrong Um, The purpose of this language is to keep anyone outside of the culture from knowing what's being said. So a familiarity with carny is used to distinguish those who are seasoned carnies from those who aren't. Um, And I got this from a... So basically I got this because I read this book by Stephen King called Joyland, um, where it takes place in a carnival and he uses a lot of the language. And I just thought it was really interesting. But this is from the website goodmagic.com that just has all of the, the terms alphabetical um oh. but they um so the carnival slang i just have a couple words here for you zara please please so an eli is what they call the ferris wheel what why because it's a secret language oh i thought maybe you had decoded code <laughs> um an mb is a gullible mark a floater is a carnival person who travels from carnival to carnival and doesn't stick to one. Ooh. And a keister is a portable display case. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> So, yeah, there's a lot of um, interesting stuff on this website about carny language, gypsies. I don't know if you're allowed to say gypsies anymore. Um, but vaudeville slang, it's, it's really cool. That's very cool. I'm so interested. Did you ever used to watch the show, what was that show on HBO, Carnival? Yes, I did watch that show. Yeah. I, like I was that. a huge, huge fan. It was really sad though because it got cut short, so they had to tie everything up really fast. Right, that was great. That was a great show. I think there's still like a petition out there for them to redo the show. Mm-hmm. <clears> oh. <throat> um, okay, so they do have food at the carnival. So um, I'm using carnival as an umbrella term here because huh. who cares? <laughs>
0: no, I, I found- can do okay. what I-
2: Ever I want <laughs> go for it, um so let's start with saltwater taffy, Zara, okay, okay, I love it <laughs> it's um, so chewy, yeah, and it's your it's from the east coast, so uh they don't know exactly where it who started it, but um taffy has obviously been around for a million years, but saltwater taffy specifically is. Produced and marketed in Atlantic City and the Jersey Shore, starting in around the
1: 1880s. Mm.
0: Um,
2: it's made softer and more chewy by the pulling process, and I'm sure you've probably seen like those taffy pulling machines in the windows of the taffy shops. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard the expression for when like a guy can't get hard, and you're like trying to like jerk a, his soft penis off, and it's like someone says it's like pulling taffy? Ew, I don't like that. <laughs> well, get used to it because that's all I can think about. <laughs> That's all you can think about is soft penises? Always. Not just right now. Uh, they're on my mind daily. Why? I don't know. I guess okay. I should see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need to get back into therapy. Yeah. Um, so salt <laughs> water taffy is actually not made from seawater, Zara. What the hell? But it does have salt and water in it. So you could technically use ocean water, I, I feel. Mm, sure. Uh, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> People um, Sidebar, in Philadelphia, if you ask for taffy rather than saltwater taffy, someone will hand you a lollipop. What? Yeah. That's weird. Where would you ever even, like, ask for taffy, though? Wouldn't it be weird you're just, like, going to CVS? You're like, Hello, taffy, please. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming you're, like, on the boardwalk in 1965 in this scenario, okay? Right, 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 (laughs) right. Before the internet. (laughs) Yeah. Or definitely pre-internet um so nobody really knows who invented which is going to be a theme of my of my stories here nobody knows who invented it uh but the one of the most famous stories is that a man named david bradley had a shop in atlantic city that was flooded and his entire song of taffy was covered in seawater yeah. a little kid comes in and was like hey do you have any taffy and since this is atlantic city he knew what she was talking about uh-huh. um and he jokingly offered her saltwater taffy and she was like, sure, why not? And she bought it. She loved it. She gave it to all our friends the rest is history. Oh, interest I like that story. Yeah, but it's not true. But it would also be <laughs> wet at that point and be like wet and like melting apart. Also, it's just weird that his entire story is flooded, but he's open for business. Right, exactly. And he's just like <laughs> picking candy out of the water. Like, you want one of these saltwater Hershey bars? And this, this brat of a child, right after the flood, when all of the businesses in her town have been destroyed, she wants to know if they're selling taffy. Yeah, she <laughs> just swims in. Got any taffy? Any taffy here? Looking for taffy? I need to get my taffy fixed. She's like a taffy sugar junkie. <laughs> um. Okay. Now, this story has twists and turns. We're talking now about the ice cream cone. Whoa. Okay, are you ready? I am. I was born ready. Okay, so I actually, I always believed the story and I had read it in a book as a small child. I don't remember what the book was, but I just, I very strongly remember this man in a red suit jacket with like red pins, like red and white stripes. And they're just like talking about how ice cream cones were invented at the World's Fair. So um, the the story goes, this is one of the most well-known stories about how the ice cream cone was invented. So in 1904, the St. Louis World's Fair... Uh, Ernst, Ernest A. Hamwe was selling a waffle pastry called a Zalabi, Zalabi's, do you sure. know, are you familiar with this? No? Ernst checks out, yeah, I love Zalabi's. <laughs> In fact, I'm making Zalabi's for dinner, it's so weird. Um, he was selling next to an ice cream vendor. The vendor ran out of dishes, and so the waffle guy was like, oh my god, look, I'm going to roll my waffles into a cone shape when they cool off, they'll oh. stay that way. Voila, we invented the ice cream cone. Wow. Everyone thinks that's true, including Wikipedia. Wow, Um, I like that a lot. But so that was 1904, right? So a man named Italo, Italo Marcioni Mm -hmm. um, received the patent for the ice cream cone in the year 1903. So this story is obviously not true. God damn it. But let me tell you what, what really happened, okay, Zara? Okay, I'm sitting on the <laughs> edge, like on the edge of my seat, but because I have to pay, not because I'm interested in this. So, Italo Marchioni was in New York. He was obviously an Italian immigrant. He was selling Italian ice on the, in Wall Street, like for the you know brokers running around. huh. Um, and he he literally back then you would get your ice Italian ice in a glass dish and you were supposed to return it to the vendor (laughs) (laughs) so obviously no one did that or they broke in like whatever um so he was like what the heck i need to figure out a way so that people can eat their container and so he basically started experimenting at home and figured out a way that if you cool waffles like thin waffles in a cone shape they'll they'll stay that way once they're cool okay um so it was really popular but he realized that making each one by hand at his little stand was taking forever. So he actually invented a little ice cream cone machine. In his house. Wow, what a guy. I know. So then he he um, patented it and got that patent in 1903. Um, but still, most of the world, including Wikipedia, still claims that in 1904 this, this is how this ice cream cone was sold. And the reason why is because Marcioni was actually at the World's Fair too. The real way that the story went down is that he was was selling his ice cream cones at the World's Fair, and he ran out of cones because they were so popular, and the guy next to him was that guy, and he actually asked the guy he was like, hey, take your waffles, make them into a cone shape, and when they cool, they'll be like an ice cream cone. And so the story is partially true, but the guy had already invented the ice cream cone, and he just use this guy to help him make it during the World's Fair. Oh my god, okay. I love it, yeah. and that is full of a lot of twists and turns. I know, and then so this guy went back to Hoboken, and he opened an ice cream cone factory, and then he later invented the ice cream sandwich, had a very successful life oh, as a, the inventor. That... This you know, guy is like the king of edible vessels for ice cream. I was it's just crazy at... though, because like... it says on the Wikipedia page, it says this guy, we learned, they're like, we know that this guy has the patent in 1903. But on the Wikipedia page, they're like, independently, this guy invented it all by himself in 1904. And I was like, this cannot be true. So then I did a lot of research.
1: You investigated. That's
2: amazing. An investigation. Um, okay, here's the final carnival food that I have for you. I cannot wait. Can I guess what it is? You already know what it is. <laughs> I do? I told you about it. I don't remember at all okay great is guess. it a giant hot dog no. a cotton candy no hmm. <laughs> um okay. i'm out of guesses popcorn um no it's pink lemonade oh yes yes of course pink lemonade <laughs> um pink lemons actually do exist but their juice is clear so pink lemonade is not a naturally occurring drink. (laughs) (laughs) Pink lemons. What are you good for? What is pink about them? Just the skin? Um, I don't, they're just, yeah, their skin is just pink, but their juice is clear. Bullshit. Um, there's also a story about lemonade being, regular lemonade being invented at fair, but that's not true. So, regular lemonade is super old, and (laughs) American recipes date back to the 17th century, so that means, like, People were walking around trying to figure out what happened to Roanoke Island and <laughs> drinking lemonade <laughs> at the same time. People were just like raping and pillaging uh, <laughs> Native Americans and like sipping on lemonade. They're like, God, this lemonade is refreshing when we're just murdering <laughs> indigenous people. <laughs> but it wasn't refreshing back then because back then there was no ice. So people oh, were just drinking. That's true. That's a good point. Yuck. Hot lemonade. Ugh. <laughs> no thanks I mean if you think about hot lemonade is just like a hot toddy with no whiskey in it right the whole thing is upsetting unless they're drinking it during the freezing cold winter and having refreshing lemonade and in that case it's even cold but nothing really makes sense for them to enjoy it it's really funny to me because I was like oh yeah okay people are in Roanoke times (laughs) like what happened to Roanoke drinking lemonade but Mm. then I'm like oh right there was no ice so it's not really funny not what i'm picturing at all that's amazing (laughs) um so pink lemonade is newer than regular old lemonade Mm. and its earliest known mention is in the wheeling register from 1879 (laughs) i do love the wheeling register i'm interested to see what they have to say about pink lemonade yeah, do you still get uh, the Wheeling Register delivered to your home? Um, I get the hard copy. It's made of batwing skin. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, all of this is from this really great article on the Smithsonian, or, sorry, mm. Um So, yes, they first mentioned it in 1879, but there are many stories about the origins, and they really don't know how it came about, like so much of American food, <laughs> um, they're just like shrug. But there's two stories that are the most plausible, according to this article. The first one is that Henry E. Allett is attributed with the ones with the one of the most plausible stories. He ran away and joined the circus, and <laughs> I wish that was still an option. <laughs> I mean, you can still be a carny. I mean, right, I would now, do right it right now. I would run right away and join right the circus. Now. Although I guess there probably are carnivals happening in some of the states that never close down. <laughs> that's, that's true. Which of the states would probably have, like, the most interesting carnivals? <laughs> um, this guy was joining a traveling carnival circus, whatever. Um, he dropped cinnamon candy into the lemonade vat and just went ahead and sold it as it. So it turned the lemonade pink. Dropped it from where? Also, then it was, like, cinnamon lemonade. hmm Yeah. I tell you, nine. Know. That's fine. I would drink that. And then the other story is that Pete, Pete Conklin invented pink lemonade. This is a little gross, just so you know. Uh, okay. Um, in 1857, the story goes that Pete Conklin was the brother of the yeah. this George Conklin who ran a carnival circus back in the day. Classic um, George Conklin. <laughs> He said that um, they were selling lemonade at the circus. He ran out of water, so he grabbed the closest thing, which was a tub of dirty wash water that a performer had just rinsed her pink tights out in. What? He Ew. called it strawberry lemonade, and sales doubled. That is rude. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. But that story is also probably not true. It's just, like, a funny... It sounds like something that the owner of a circus would invent to make up something funny about. Totally. they like, you want some, like, pink underwear water? Well, you know where to find it. It's over <laughs> here. Um, so, we. I was inspired to research this, actually, after a podcast, when I was like, what the hell is Pink Lemonade? I'd never thought of it before in all my 375 years on this earth. <laughs> um. <laughs> But pink lemonade today is the same flavored as regular lemonade. There is no difference in flavor. Yeah, so no, there's none. when you buy pink lemonade rather than lemonade, you're just, you're just buying the same thing but with a different color. I just think yeah. that's fascinating. I thought it that there was a difference. No, no. I mean, you know, there's raspberry lemonade and strawberry lemonade, which yeah, is yeah, yeah pink. But pink lemonade, it's just like, it's all mental, man. It like tastes country pink. Time. I mean, it's not all mental. It is pink. <laughs> <laughs> if mental. The flavor change is different. It's like if you prefer to drink something with red forty in it or just yellow five. Yeah, I mean, this actually a lot of the pink is from grape juice concentrate, so it's oh. not all bad. But okay. um, this, there's a theory according to this Smithsonian magazine also, um, that the color of pink lemonade is relaxing. It's not very saturated, but oh. it's relatively bright. It is relaxing. It's a nice I part. know. If you think about pink lemonade in, in a big glass pitcher, it's very soothing. It's lovely. I'm thinking about how I can't wait to make it for, like, the next time I'm able to go on a picnic in, like, 12 to 14 years. <laughs> uh, well, you can go on a picnic by yourself at any time. But, That's um, true. so it says at the end of this, this is a really funny quote at the end of this night. like, so Conklin and Allett's legacies live on, as for the men themselves, in reference to Allett, the New York Post put it best. The man who invented pink lemonade has crossed the river where it may be hoped there are no pure food advocates to harass him for the sins committed in his name. Oh my God, that's so intense. all because of pink lemonade? Jesus Christ. God bless the New York Post, I say. Yeah, thank God for its amazing, gripping headlines. All right, that's all I have for you. That's incredible. Well, you know what? That was long. We spent a lot of time, well, I should say we, me, complaining about um, an unnamed food... Uh, personality, so maybe I should save my story for next week, and we should make this a two-parter. Um, okay. Because mine is going to take a long time. Okay. And I feel like you know our listeners are probably already most of them are probably already tuned out, which brings me <laughs> to my next question. Which wait, has you nothing... think they tuned out during my riveting pink Luminate story? Oh. That's rude. <laughs> they probably tuned out within the first five minutes when they realized this wasn't the song that they were looking for. Life's a bitch by Nas. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay, we we had... should put a we should put like a warning at the beginning. They should fast forward past <laughs> uh, for all. Uh, uh, okay. Well, I guess we should figure out how to finish up. We should talk about our favorite carnival foods. Let's definitely do that. But I have a question for you first that is completely unrelated to basically everything we're talking about. But just something that randomly popped into my head, my ADD brain. Okay. Should we do the carnival foods first for continuity's sake? <laughs>
1: uh,
2: this is really quick. Let me just get it out before I forget. What do you think that people think you look like from just listening to your voice? I have no idea. I've never I, That's never occurred to me before. Because I'm sitting next to a mirror as I try to do most hours of the day <laughs> and I looked at myself and I was like, I wonder if anybody who's listening to this that hasn't googled me, which I'm sure is no one um, <laughs> I wonder if they wonder what I look like and I'm like, I think that they might think that I'm short and have fiery red hair huh on my back don't know i don't i all over my back (laughs) it's never crossed my mind to wonder that (laughs) well just think about it and everybody else you think about it and don't cheat don't look us up because you won't find anything (laughs) just use your imagination and then (laughs) email us what you think or send us a, a postcard and then we will send you a nude okay top three right oh, yeah. we should say send us pictures of the celebrities that you think that we look like the most oh yeah mm-hmm. yes please send all submissions to I'm going to give them your personal email address and phone number is that okay no okay
1: Cabot Creamery has been making the world's finest dairy products for over 100 years. Cabot's award-winning cheddars and other dairy products stand apart because of their farmers' tireless dedication to quality and freshness, caring for their animals, and to healthy land and a sustainable future. More than a century after they started this journey, Cabot's farmer owners still know what matters most. Family and community The simple truth that we're stronger together than we are apart. That delicious products are the reward of a job well done. That when you love what you do this much, that the best is always still to come.
2: Um, So what are your top three favorite carnival foods? Um, I like elephant ears from Indiana. Mm. Sound good. Um, I've had one sound great, though. <laughs> I like curly fries. Ooh, is that a carnival food? In my experience, you can, yes, there's always curly fries with cheese sauce. Ooh, that is good. Is there anything better than a curly fry? Do you feel like cheese sauce is the best, um, do you think that curly fry is the best fry for cheese sauce? Because fries and cheese sauce is great. Uh, um I don't know. The, I actually I like the I like the way Shay Shack does the crinkle fry with the cheese sauce. Yeah, that is really good. That's what I was going to say too. A crinkle fry with cheese sauce is very good. The problem with the curly fry the why the reason why I like them so much at like a carnival is cuz they're they're made so fast and they're fried so hot that you mm. don't get that thing that happens where you get a curly fry that's not cooked all the way through because it's just like too close together. Yeah, that's terrible. That's a it's crime. A real Debbie Downer. Yeah. In fact, I feel like we should be talking less about the pandemic, less about the depression, less about <laughs> our depression. Definitely less about Alison Roman and more about undercooked curly fries. I know. It's like the secret killer that no one talks about. No one is it, talking about undercooked. No one curly is fries. talking about it at all, and they're talking about us, the curly fries. <laughs> <laughs> um. And, yeah, I don't actually, I don't have, oh, I do have, like, this, like, the um, snow cones are another oh. huge favorite of mine. God, I love a snow cone. That is good eaten. Yeah. That's eaten good in the neighborhood. Recently, because... I went, or not recently, but last summer, I went to, like, a faraway beach that you take a train to. I can't remember which one it was, but it was, like, it was, like I was taking a little trip, a little day trip by myself. Oh, nice. Um, and they had a little snow cone shop kind of like off the side of the beach, like off the boardwalk. And it was like the perfect texture of ice, because so one of the problems with snow cones is the ice is so crunchy you can't really eat it, and I don't like that. So it was like the perfect soft ice snow cone, and I was like just eating a snow cone by myself in the summer, and it was a delightful memory that That's I'll never nice. get to do again. <laughs> yeah, you know, you'll never do that again. But. um question I have a few questions for you actually was the texture of this particular snow cone similar to actual snow and follow-up question what flavor did you get I got mixture but tiger's blood I always get tiger's blood tiger's blood that's an odd decision you didn't want to get something sweet just a blood flavor (laughs) tiger's blood is a normal snow cone flavor it's like it's a red it's almost like I don't actually don't even know what the flavor is I just know it's bright red and it has like a cherry coconut flavor i don't really oh. know what it is oh that sounds good i've never heard of it uh and you, what was the texture that's like? you're not really a connoisseur that's true i don't have a lot of snow cone experience it wasn't really a big part of my of the uh, zeitgeist in the 90s and in the 80s when i was in my snow cone prime we didn't okay, have a lot I just, of snow i just looked it up so it's watermelon and strawberry with a hint of coconut Oh, wow, that's incredible. That sounds delicious. It's I've really had good. had snow cones. We just didn't, I didn't have a lot of them. I was always like into other things. Yeah, so I got Tiger's Blood and like maybe like a couple other flavors, like squirted on there, all mixed together. How big was it? How many cups? Uh, it's probably like eight ounces. God, I thought you were gonna say eight cups. It was a, you know, <laughs> a regular snow cone. I don't know. Um, I love a Slurpee, which is yeah, kind of like a snow cone. Are good Slurpee is really great. My favorite flavor is Shrek. Like (laughs) 7-Eleven style? Yeah. mm -hmm. Do you remember the Shrek flavor? I, no. I didn't really, 7-Eleven wasn't really part of my life. Oh, wow. It was a huge part of my life growing up. 7-Eleven was the spot. It was the place to be, to see and be seen. Yeah. I I hear that from others as well, but not not for me. Hanging out in the hallway, smoking weed in the hallway. Um, <laughs> so. What was the Shrek flavor? <laughs> Shrek was just green. It was a green flavor. But what
0: Apple, was the... Maybe,
2: I don't, lime. I think it was lime. Ew. It was, yeah. It was ogre. Just was a ton of lime, lime?
0: Like a yeah. huge
2: cup full of lime flavored slushie to me sounds wrong. No! You mix it with Coke. Half Coke, half Shrek. Ew.
1: Gross.
2: <laughs> 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 I do have a Coke slushy though. My, um... Sorry, there's my heaters on again. God damn it. Always this time of day on a Wednesday. Um but we used to go to Target, and in the Target that we went to, there was a little like shop that had frozen Cokes, and my sister and I would always get a frozen Coke, and it was like the most delicious thing. Frozen Coke is the best. What's a frozen Coke? I mean, I get what it is. It's frozen coke, but like, how does it come? Like is it's it? It's just like, the a same as what you just said. The Slurpee, yeah. Got it. I thought maybe it was like a little bit more. I was picturing like a frozen beer, like you know when you go to like Uncle Boon's or like Pock Pock or something, and they have those Thai like frozen beers, and it's like still in the bottle, but it's frozen. That's what I was thinking. Maybe you were saying. Oh, I don't. I'm not familiar with that, but no, it's just like it's a Slurpee, but it's Coca-Cola Classic flavored. It's really good. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Um, all right, my favorite carnival foods are gonna be Italian because uh, you know that I'm an Italian, like uh, the <laughs> inventor of uh, the the ice cream cone. <laughs> sorry i was just speaking italian I, I can get someone to translate if you want um sure so i love zeppoles which are another form of fried dough delicious do you like zeppoles what's your what's your take on that what are zeppoles like oh, get out of here you nut a zeppole <laughs> is basically like pizza dough that's like dropped in the fryer and then you shake it in a bag with cu- powdered sugar so it's really crunchy on the outside and very doughy chewy on the inside it sounds delicious. I think I've had one before. I just definitely were not at my carnival experience. Yeah, we would sometimes do them at Brucey as like a special, like if we felt like making some pizza dough. Uh, for all you guys who are stuck at home right now and loving making sourdough, a cool thing you could do with your sourdough starter, uh, the discard. There's like a thing where like, you know, if you feed your starter, you throw half of it out every day. So uh, something you could do is you could fry it and make your own like little zeppelies at home and cover them powdered sugar. It'd be delicious. Hmm. instead of just throwing it in the trash um i really love corn on a stick oh yeah corn on a stick is also an indiana thing obviously yeah corn on a stick is really delicious and my numero uno is something that like i feel like i might never eat again but i hope i do um is cotton candy a giant big twirl of cotton candy is just so ubiquitous with childhood and like innocence and my parents getting a divorce and living in my <laughs> grandparents' basement. And the whole thing. It really brings me back to happier times Yeah, than I, now. Have a, I have a memory of it. Right? Because the, the fall festival was down the street from my house growing up. So we could walk there. And I just have a memory of walking home from the festival with my family. With like a goldfish in a bag and eating cotton candy. Mm, that's so cute. That's so like quintessential kid summer. Like, Yeah. yeah it's really good. There are some things that like... I don't know. A lot of kids, you know, some are lucky enough to have great childhoods. Some don't. But there's something about like cotton candy that just can give you like a couple minutes of just like kid joy. You know I what just I mean? Don't I also don't like cotton candy now. Oh, I mean, I I usually have it well, at least two out of the three meals a day. I'm trying to cut <laughs> back. Do you know that there's a there's a restaurant? I think that it's in Chinatown that has a cotton candy machine outside of it.
0: Oh, that's um, cool.
2: We would go there late at night, and then you'd put, like, 25 cents in the machine, and you
0: would get cotton candy out of
2: it. It was a good Oh, way. man. That's awesome. If I still had Brucey now, here's a little idea for any of you tours who are wondering how to make it through this horrifying time. Uh, get a cotton candy machine and, like, <laughs> serve cotton candy to go. I would That would be the most fun, joyful thing. I guarantee you would be lying down the block if you just were doing cotton candies to go out of your restaurant. So, take that one for free. It's on me, and I'll be by for a cotton candy. (laughs) And some taffy. Just make a bunch of sugary candy. No, I mean, we're all going to die, so who cares? Is this too dark of a way to end the show? I don't know. This show was probably, like, a low-energy show. Sorry, guys. I thought it was great. I felt high energy. I felt like the jokes were flying. I mean, this is probably (laughs) a conversation we should have, you know, after when we're not on anymore. But I've been having a great time. And, um... (laughs) <laughs> in closing I just want to say touching on what we are talking about before like you know we joke around this is a comedy show and one of the things that's like afforded to when you're you know there's a shield of comedy to some extent and obviously Nicole and I are you know seasoned stand up comedians and professional <laughs> with our opinions and hot takes but in all honesty like this, this is just my opinion but like it's a good time to just whatever prompts you to do so whether it's this thing this stupid whatever twitter meltdown or whatever but just to think about what it is you want this is uh, this kind of crisis and breakdown you know if there's anything to gain out of it it's like a reasking yourself what you want from your life what you want from the information you intake like what can you do better for me at least it is and I don't know if you see something that doesn't serve you or that you feel like is soulless and vapid like it's a good opportunity to say i don't want that anymore i don't like that and that's not like a goal, an, an effort to ruin anyone's career or get anyone canceled it's just a general statement on like just reassessing your values and then if we do that we can hopefully maybe not with this person in particular but like whether it's politically like if you ask we we get what we we get what we pay for right so i think i guess that's my point cool Yeah, it is cool. It's really cool. (laughs) So super cool. It's like very, very cool. Listen, I wanted to end the show by saying something cool, and I think I have. And (laughs) to that I will only add cowabunga. (laughs) Oh, wait. I have have something to add that's going to be more cool than what you said. Oh, great. Okay, good. <laughs> good, good. Okay, so when we were talking, was it last episode when we were talking about Pie in the Face? Or was like, like three episodes ago? Oh, yeah. uh-huh. That was a while ago, but it was very um, funny. We we forgot to talk about um, What Would You Do, which is like the show that came on after Double Dare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just involved like constant, like everything was pie. So there was like a pie slide. There was like so much pie yeah, if there was were. a lot of pie content. You're right. That was a missed <laughs> opportunity. I thought about that after as well. I'm I was sorry. I I this I thought of this because I was looking up like I was going to do cotton candy, but I decided against it. Um, and so then I came across Unwrapped, which is the show that Mark Summers did after all those other Nickelodeon shows. Right, right. Um, but then they were just I came across an interview with him where he was talking about. What would you do? And I was like, oh, my God, there was so much pie content on that show. Pie, <laughs> pie content. Has Mark Summers had any kind of scandals? Has he been metooed or canceled or anything? Is he living still? I feel like he probably has leather sheets. He what? He's like <laughs> the most beloved man on television. OK, I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if he had, you know, Snakeskin sheets <laughs> you have a weird okay i don't understand why you have beef with mark summers but you need to back off <laughs> i'm gonna try i'm gonna troll mark summers now listen here's my moment to start a war with somebody <laughs> i'm coming for you mark summers yeah fuck i'm just kidding um but so, well this article i'm pretty sure this article was an eater like an eater podcast that i was just reading the transcript of but uh uh-huh. he gets into a fight with Burt Reynolds on Jalen Leno oh. in 1994. And it also ends in pie at the base. So, oh, my god. Wait, is it a real? It's not a real fight, though. Yeah, they're actually mad at each other. He talks about it. but um, Oh, my god. Are you it serious? Looks, it looks staged. But so basically, the reason that the pies are there is because they wanted to do a pie bit, but it ended up not working. Uh-huh. And so he ends up getting in a fight with Burt Reynolds. It's when Burt Reynolds is going through his divorce with Lonnie Anderson, which is just like destroying him and making him grouchy. Right. Um, And so they're just, like, fighting on this talk show, like, and then they end up hitting each other with pies, and it's all improvised, and it's on YouTube, and everyone, check that out. (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) On that note, I mean, like, could we say anything more? Like, No, that's that's it. (laughs) I don't think so. I feel like if we tried to keep going with this, we would just step all over it and ruin it. Well, that's been an exhilarating... Forty-nine minutes of talking. Um, I mirror. am so happy. This literally did come to Nicole in a dream because I woke up and I saw a text from you that you had written me at like two forty-five in the morning, saying that we should do carnivals this week. <laughs> yeah, I just—I tell you the the ideas—they just come to me. They just occur to me, and we have to go with it. And it's totally. always
1: good,
2: amazing. Not always. Well, <laughs> we're gonna do this again next week because I prepared a riveting story, and I'm not even just—I'm not being sarcastic. It was really great, and. There's no way I'm giving up on it, because it's about... <laughs> yeah, I'll figure out, I'll slot in a little bit more. There's always more carnival to talk about, so... Absolutely. You know what? Maybe we should start a carnival, a roach carnival, <laughs> or a <laughs> critter carnival. I can collect the ants that have been crawling in my back window. You can take whatever critters you find around your apartment, and we can make a small <laughs> carnival for them. Oh, that actually sounds really cute. <laughs> I know, a little critter carnival? Um... Yeah, that's like the flea circus. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was totally biting the flea circus. All right. Well, on that note, hasta la pasta, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast.